I'm Chris Stuchko, co-host of the Ninth Grade Experience Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Reflect Ed, the podcast where I share my perspective on the challenges and successes that are taking place in our schools and focus on goal setting and plans for future improvement. Through rich conversation and meaningful dialogue, we will discuss practical ways to make schools better for students and educators. Welcome to Reflect Ed. This is the live portion where Dave and I are recording on Thursday night, March 24th. It is 9.30 p.m. And today, Dave and I are continuing our conversation uh, dealing with school-wide initiatives. And uh, we've had a couple episodes before, three to be exact, uh, where we spoke about our our thoughts and feelings on school initiatives and what we can do going forward to make them work. So tonight, we're going to talk about professional learning. And if you're catching this for the first time, Thanks for joining. If you've been here before, you kind of know what we talked about. But uh, real quick rundown, episode one of this Reflect Ed Live is where we identified school-wide leadership, trying to figure out where the leaders lie. It's not just administration, as we talked about. It's school-based. It's teachers. It's admin. It's everybody who has that, that role. Um, we don't want to focus on just the people who are the school leaders. We want to focus on everybody who has the leadership and, and wants to do better for the school. Episode two was a deeper episode. We talked about how we choose a school-wide initiative. Uh, that was episode 15 of the podcast. If you want to check that out. And we talked about, you know, the right way to choose it. What kind of, what, what kind of um, initiatives you are looking for in your school and where you want to go with those initiatives and how you can use them going forward. And our biggest episode so far was episode three, which was the roadmap. We laid out exactly what it looks like, different parts of the, of the initiative process. And that was episode 16 of reflect ed. So uh, tonight, episode 17, we're going to talk about professional learning. So Dave, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what we're going to do tonight? Yeah. So um, it doesn't matter what profession you're in learning doesn't stop once you get there. Um, you know, I was a chiropractor before I went into teaching. We had to get continuing ed credits, um, you know, architects, uh, lawyers. It doesn't matter where where you are. In order to keep a professional license, you have to continue learning beyond when you graduated school or when you passed whatever licensure exam. And, you know, teachers are no different. If you're in a profession for 30 years and you haven't learned anything new, there's probably a few things that you missed and there's probably some things that you could do better, right? So, um, you know, what's the most effective way to get to, um, you know, a a model that would support everybody in their individual needs? Because, you know, just like students, one size doesn't fit all for professionals, same kind of thing, right? So how can we put together a professional learning plan where um, everybody finds it valuable? Because if you find it valuable, you're more likely to be engaged. 
you're more likely to bring that back to whatever role you're in within the school and do something valuable with it. Yeah. And, and for me, David, as you're talking about professional learning and professional development, this is something that, that I find to be extremely important. Um, this is kind of like where my career took off, right? Um, when I was in the classroom, I was very happy being a classroom teacher. I was enjoying the things that I was doing in the classroom. Um, but there was something there that kind of sparked my interest to help other people grow. And I, th- I honestly think it, for me, it was social media, right? Twitter is what my professional development was when I, when I was teaching. Then I found that bug to bring professional development to schools and staff. And I was doing it within my school and I was doing it within the district that I was at at the time. And, and like, I found like good professional development was really key for teachers to want to do more, right? Like, I think we can all say as educators, there's been some garbage professional development, right? Now it's fair. Yeah. Yeah, it, fair. It's a fair assessment. It, it's unfortunate because sometimes you, you, you kind of forget that you have to make a, a really big presentation sometimes conversation isn't enough to to engage an audience right you got to do more so when we look at professional development professional learning you know i think one of the things is is the why behind it why do we need this pd day right and for me when i think of a pd day it's not something that's there because it has to happen it's something that's there because it needs to happen you know you mentioned it just a moment ago. We need to continue growing in any profession that we're in, right? You don't want a doctor who's been in the field for 20 years who has not learned anything new since they came out of school. Teaching is changing every day, and good professional development will push a teacher and a leader, a school-based leader, will push them to a place where they need to be. You know, we don't need to just keep going, dragging our feet and finding ways to make it through the day. We need good professional development and professional learning that pushes us to inspire us, to reignite our passions, and to motivate us to want to do more. And however you get that, you know, it's up to you. I don't feel it should be on the district alone or on the school alone. It really needs to be on you, the person, where you want to improve. Yeah, and and I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, But before we get to that, you know, and this is a small part of a larger conversation. And so we're not going to we're not going to get too deep into what I'm about to say. But, um, you know, the emphasis should be on how are we improving the experience of students? Right. And there's a lot that we've learned and there's a lot that we've learned in the past couple of years. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um and, and I know we're all exhausted right now, so this isn't really like the best time to to be talking about professional learning because you got a lot of people sitting here thinking, you know what, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get to June because, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's a lot. But, you know, the focus really is um, how can we do what's in the best interest of students? And a lot of times that's going to make our lives as teachers a whole lot easier. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, it, it's a lot to kind of shift your practice, but, 
um, you know, long run, it, it's definitely going to make your job more enjoyable. It's going to make your, it, it's going to make you more efficient. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why we should still be focusing on that. Even if, you know, a lot of us don't have that capacity at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I get it. I'm tired too. You know, like we're, we're all kind of tired. Um, so, but let's just put a pin in that for a second. Yeah. And we're talking about professional development. And when we do, we, we talk about developing teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an honest question for you because I really have no clue. Um, where's the PD for admin? Yeah, so that's a fine question. So um, the the PD for admin is not as, I'm going to say scheduled, as it is for teachers, right? So you know when we have a PD day, there is a schedule for teachers that they have to follow. For admin, we can jump into those things and we can listen and we can be supportive. But nobody is sitting there on that day saying, okay, here's what we're going to do to help ourselves, right? There are opportunities for leaders know, throughout the year to do these things, like, you know, whether it is um, a, a refresher on observations and evaluation me- methods, that's something that, that that's part of PD. But I think for, for, for school leaders, I think you really have to go above and beyond and find your own PD, um, find your own growth. I'm lucky enough that because of the program that I'm in, uh, in New Jersey, we have leaders to leaders that I have a monthly peer meeting it's kind of my PD because I'm learning different things. Um, for me personally, being on Twitter, reading, doing uh, the podcast, listening to the podcast, that's where I'm getting my PD. But if I want like bigger and better, I got to go find it. And then I got to request money to, to, to take part. Right. Yes. I'm allotted a, a certain amount of money that I can use for the year, but you know, things get in the day every day. So I'm not sure I can actually like, do the PD and take the day off. And, you know, I think that's a lot of, a lot of my thinking is if I sign up for this PD, am I able to go? Am I leaving the school in a bad situation? You know, is it a virtual PD? You know, is it live in person? Where, where do I have to go? So there to, to be, to answer your question, there really is no set PD for school leaders. You got to go and find it and you got to really motivate yourself to, to, to look around for it. Okay. So, and look, not to diminish, um, you know, conferences, uh, mm-hmm. or district led PD, but, um, I find them to be very valuable and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm going, um, next week. So Wednesday I'll be heading to Houston for NSTA, right. Seeing what people are doing around the country, hearing from different educators, like yeah. in person to me, um, it does land a little different, but that's not the only thing you had mentioned reading you had mentioned podcasts and um you know twitter so um yeah how do we how can we incorporate that right so now once again as an administrator this is this is your role right so as Mm -hmm. a teacher i know i have to do 20 hours of pd a year all right and like you i feel i i've done hundreds of hours of pd Um, you know, because of the conversations that we have, because of the Mm -hmm. books that I've read. Right. So, um, you know, but it's not formal, it's not recognized. So, 
Um, is there anything that we can do? Like, if I know you find value in podcasts and like yeah. you have another show podcast PD, right mm-hmm. now, if your teachers like came to you and said, I listened to 20 hours of podcast PD, would you count that as their professional development for the year? I mean, could it depends you? on, Oh, I, I think I could, I feel that if, if there's evidence there that I feel like it could count. Right. I feel like some of the things that, that you can listen to in a podcast is better than what you can do in a full day of PD. Um, I think the thing is, we all want we all want proof. We all want evidence. We all want to figure out, you know, how can we show that we actually listened and learned? Because it's very easy to show on your podcatcher that I listened to this podcast. Look, it says it was played. Right. It's very easy to do that. But I want I want to know, like, what did you listen to? What did you learn from it? How are you going to use that in the classroom? So for, for me, I don't need a turnkey. Like, I, I don't need a big thing about like getting it, getting it all out there and present it to the, the entire staff. I just need to know, like, was it meaningful for you? Why is it meaningful? All right. So you chuckled. Uh, yeah, I did. Because every year, we have to do safe schools. I don't know if you oh, use safe yeah, schools yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? And, you know, you want that to be valuable and, right? It's not. But that's, that's, no, that's like, not. But it's the same thing, right? So, like, you're saying, oh, we have to take these these stupid quizzes at the end of, like, a 15-minute a video or a half-hour video mm-hmm. that we play in the background. Nobody ever watches. Never. Right? It's just a piece of paper to say that you did it. So, you know, like to to say you need to make sure I'm going to – and I know you know this because I know you've probably done it too. Like nobody pays attention to that stuff. All right? And like don't get me wrong. I don't – it's not that I don't think that the things in there are important aren't important. I mean that they are definitely important, right? I think we should know about – uh, HIV. I think we should know, um, you know, uh, about, um, you know, people who are, um, you know, experiencing medical emergencies and, um, be able to do like, you know, first aid or like all that stuff's important, but the method in which they're delivering it does not land. So to say like, we all have that piece of paper. I have that check mark next to my name every single year. And like, Yes, I do know how to do all those things, but, um, you know, I don't think the proof that I'm giving you is the reason why I know how to do all those things. All right. So like, I I think a lot of it is kind of like CYA, you know? Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I chuckled. No, and I, and I get that because when I, I didn't even think about safe schools, I feel like that's so that's so not meaningful, right? I feel like with, with podcast, you're going out of your way to find something that you are excited about, something that you really want to learn about. So why did you choose it, right? Safe schools is a mandatory thing. You have to do it. You have to take the quiz because it has to be done. So when you're doing the podcast, you're listening, or if you're reading a book, you're reading because you are finding interest that you want to use this. So there's got to be something that we can do to prove, um, I, I maybe not prove. Maybe I well, prove. Yeah, see, that's my point: is why does there need to be that proof? And and I get it. There are always there's a level of accountability. Okay, 
I, I fully get that, but you know, people can give you proof that is just not valid. Right. So like measuring the PD that they do, like to me, I think we're missing the mark. Let's see, you know, how are students responding? Right. And then maybe find professional development that fills a need for you. And let's circle back to the students and see how it's impacting them rather than you proving to me that you read this book. Okay. So, so it's not proven. Then, then what do you do? Right. If you, if you listen to a podcast, if you listen to podcast PD, you reflect ed, you know, what do you expect to get from that? Do you expect to get like 36 minutes of, of credit like, or just because you listen to it, or, or do you think there has to be something that you, you show, not prove, but show that I'm going to use this in my classroom or in my school? Do you think that's, that's necessary at all? Well, I mean, I think the whole proving and showing is short-sighted, right? Because mm-hmm. our ultimate goal is impacting students, right? Right. So, and I, I know this is something that's not very easy for admin to do because like with all the responsibilities that you have getting into classrooms and, you know, seeing lessons on a daily basis, sometimes that stuff just doesn't happen. Right. But, um, through the, through the process of teacher evaluation, right. Part of that should be, you know, how have your methods changed to support students better. Right. So I don't care what PD you did to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to podcasts, you don't need to prove to me what podcast you listen to, or if you read a book, right. It's like it's it give you a book report or like, you know, mm-hmm. like summarize that that doesn't mean anything if it doesn't translate. Right. So like, yep. you know, and I think a lot of the metrics that we use, you know, like even with students, we use seat time, right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's yep. not a great measure of what they learned and they can do. No. Right. And, I think PD, the way we approach it a lot of times, it, it's that same mindset of seat time, right? Were you there for this many hours? I think that's like less impactful than, you know, how did this change the way you interacted with students? And I'm sure you could have a 15 minute conversation with somebody that's way more impactful than the 20 hours of PD that you did in a year. Sure. Sure. You know, but if you, if you need that proof, and I mean, this is where Fonz comes in, right? Cause I think this is where maybe you get like NFTs, mm-hmm. right? This is where you get badges. And like when you go through some of, some of these virtual courses, now you, you can have some of that proof if you need proof. Right. And look, there's always going to be people who try and skirt the system. Yeah, of course. You know, and uh, like this is, I guess, one of my biggest challenges with education and just most things in general is when you see those few people that are trying to get around something, you make a blanket policy that everybody has to adhere to rather than having the difficult conversation with the couple of people that are doing the wrong thing. You know, and I think we see a lot of that with PD too, right? Where, um, you know, trust your teachers, right? Like they were hired for a reason, right? They're like, they're, they're doing this. um, And 
I've said this many times, I'd like to believe that everybody that's in the classroom, and I, I know this is, it's not everybody, but I'd, I'd like to believe that the vast majority of people that are in the classroom are doing it because they want to improve the experience of students and they want to be the best teacher that they could possibly be. Correct. You know, so when you identify the teachers that are not doing that, you know, it, it should be a tailored response for them, not a blanket policy that everybody has to follow because what winds up happening there is now your teachers who are looking to improve themselves and listening to the podcast and reading books and bringing all this stuff back to the classroom, they're getting turned off Mm -hmm. saying, look, I'm doing above and beyond what you want me to do. Right. And now you're making me jump through hoops. Right. You know, so go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're talking about like going above and beyond and jumping through hoops. One year, as we were going through our hours that we have to do every year, the mandatory hours, you say we're supposed to do 20 hours. I had 140 hours one year. But what did that do for me? Nothing. Because the next year I still had to do, like you have to do 100 every five years. I did 140 in one year. And then I had to do it all over again next year because I surpassed the 100. So like, what, what it, like for me, I know what it did. But for the school and for the state, it wasn't like, hey, hey, you know, great job with your PD. You're really, you're really doing some good things here. And I'm just go get your 20 hours again. Go, go yeah. keep learning, you know, and there, there's, there's the prove it. And I, I that was a, a bitter moment for me, you know, cause like, I, I obviously I'm going to still learn, but like I went above and beyond for what, for who, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I'm trying to think about this I'm trying to figure out like, what is the right thing to do? Because we we want to learn. We want to improve. We want people to step outside their comfort zone and do these new things. But you're right. If we're asking them to do something on top of it, what's the point of it? Why give more work for, for taking the time to, to, to do something that they're passionate about and that motivates them? Yeah. Now, something that, um, you know, Wallace Tang from School Rubric, um, like, I had spoken with him and one of the schools that he was at, they gave every teacher $2,500 to spend however they wanted on professional development. Now I know that's not feasible for every school to do. um, But like if there was some version of that, or even if like, you know, said, okay, you know, like history department this year, um, every history teacher, you get to pick whatever conference you want to go to or Mm. like, you know, and then next year it's going to be science. And the year after Mm. that, it's ELA. And like, even if you just rotated and gave them like choice of, Mm. all right, we're not going to mandate. Here's what you have to do as uh, a department or as individual teachers within that department. Right. Um, And leave that to the discretion of the supervisor who really is a little more connected to what the department needs, you know, or what the individual teachers within that department need say, Hey, you know, you guys do this, you know, or tell me, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to pull it together and get an expert in here to train us on something that's specific to us? Mm. Um, You know, do you want to, do you want to go to a conference and come back and turnkey it? Right. Mm-hmm. But make it, make it a joint decision, not the expectation. Right. You know, yeah, that, I, I, there's a lot of ways you, you could approach it. Yeah. That, that, that's, 
that's really, you know, a novel idea. Like when you think about it, taking all that money, you know, is that, I wonder if it's $2,500 that like you pay for hotel flight and conference, or if it's just the conference and, you know, whatever is left over, you give it back to the, to the, uh, to the school. Cause I know a lot of school districts will pay for your conference, but they won't pay for anything extra. So yeah, that makes a big difference for some people. It, it does. It does. And you know what, fortunately, um, you know, I'm in a position where I can personally absorb those costs. Yeah. Um, you know, so like the conference that I'm going to in Houston, I had to pay for flight and hotel. Okay. You know, school paid for the conference fee, which I mean, it's, it's generous. It's still $350 for the conference fee. Right. Right. You know, um, but that's not even half of what I paid, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so it's, you know, it's still a big nut if you're, you're going to these conferences and, you know, for now we're in New Jersey, our conversation about money and education is very different than the national conversation about Correct. education and money. So I understand somebody hearing me say that I can put this money out and like do it for professional learning. Um, you know, it's something that there there's no possibility of them doing mm-hmm. with what they're getting paid because right. you know there there are a lot of highly educated qualified educators that are grossly underpaid mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. i understand that i'll put that out there and i realize how fortunate i am and the fact that my district will even pick up that 350 dollar conference fee, you know, I, I do understand how lucky I am, but, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be that, right. You know, um, there's a bunch of other ways we can go and there are experts in the area. You know, there's people who are, um, doing what you want to do, whatever that is, and you can find them. And now with, um, you know, with zoom and, and Google meets and, you know, like I talk to people up in Ottawa about like grade reform, you know, and like you can connect with people and then that takes that travel piece out of it, you know, so there are things that you can do. Do I think that's as impactful as a workshop where you're in person and um, not necessarily, I mean, like you can definitely move the needle, but um, you know, there are limitations. So you just got to gauge What's your budget? What What are your needs? How do you move forward? Right, and and I think for anybody listening to this episode right now, um, I feel as if professional learning for you is something that you value, right? And this is not a sales pitch. I'm not telling you to hire us, um, but I feel like you're here, you're listening, whether it's live or whether it's on the podcast side you are going above and beyond to make sure you you are learning. You are trying to continue to inspire your students. You are trying to figure out ways that you can, you know, change your methods and, and do these things. And this episode really is not so much a, hey, what are you doing? It's more of like, let's get this conversation started because Dave and I really want to focus on, on ideas like this going forward. You know, so if you're listening to this, which you are, We'd appreciate reaching out. Tell us what's going on in your school that's something different than what's going on in other schools. How is professional development, professional learning being used, being implemented? Um, what is your district doing? What are your schools doing? What are your leaders proposing to you? 
what are teachers proposing to leaders that would make it work for, for you guys? Um, the, the, these ideas for professional development, you know, they continuously change because we're trying to keep up with where we're at right now. You know, there's technology we have to learn. There's uh, content areas we have to continue to change. There's new curriculum being created. Uh, there, there, there's so many different things that are going on around us that the only way to keep up with it is through, you know, good, strong professional learning. So what's going on in your school? Are you using badges? Have you dabbled with NFTs? Uh, are you doing podcasts? Are you doing book groups? Is the PD that you're, you're using, is it still the old fashioned PD of sit and get, you know, is it EdCamp style? Uh, let us know. Are you getting students involved? There you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's true. Like what is going on in your schools? Let us know. You can reach out to us. Um, I guess Twitter would be the best thing. DM us or tweet us uh, at AJ Bianco here at David Frangiosa for my man, Dave. Um, But we really need to keep this conversation going because while we think we're game changers, maybe we're not. Maybe we're, we're still behind with our ideas. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we just want, we want to find something that is valuable, sustainable, and translates to uh, a better experience for students. Right. And even something you think is, is very simple might be a game changer for me, for Dave, for the people we have around us. So feel free to share. DM us, tweet us. Uh, we'd love to hear it. Uh, we're both on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, you want to reach us out, reach us there. You can do that as well. I'm at AJB Uncle there. You're at Dave Frangiosa on LinkedIn. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe it's okay. Dave. All right. So there you go. So hey, look, whatever, whatever your preferred method is, reach out to us. Let us know what you're doing. Uh, keep learning. Keep growing. Let's keep making the changes and keep improving learning for our students. All right. Anything else, Dave? No, that's it. All right. So like we said, this is a small piece of a much larger puzzle. So we'll come at you in two weeks. I believe that would be April the 7th. 7th. Yes, sir. April 7th with our next episode. Um, We look forward to hearing from you. We look forward to putting this out there again. Thank you so much for listening to Reflect Ed Live. And we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Reflect Ed. If you have a question or like to connect, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at AJ Bianco. If you're finding value in this podcast, please help spread the word to other educators. You can subscribe, leave a rating or review, or share on social media with your takeaway and thoughts. Make sure to tag me and at Reflect Ed Pod so we can keep the conversation going. Talk to you soon.